did the big two five zero, Dave. Yes, yes. Uh, what is it? Semi millennial. Uh, what what is what is the term for the two hundred fiftieth anniversary? Yeah, it's a uh, quarter millennial, right? Quarter millennial. Yeah. Or yeah, a, yeah we need we semi, need the a, a semi bicentennial. Uh, yeah. There we go. All right. Yeah, we need we need the stock audio of of the cheering and and the the applause and all that. But uh, yeah, it's it's been about ten years worth of these episodes. Uh, and I I did the math, like the rough back of the napkin math, that if people were to go back to episode one and start and listen to all of them, I think they would have to take about two weeks worth of uh, work off uh, to be able to get them all in. So, um, yeah, that's great great it's amazing i'm proud of us for sticking with it for so long yeah yeah and and how things have changed over the years too it's and you know between uh you know where we've been and family wise and and everything going on uh it's it's uh it's been good it's it's been a, a wonderful journey uh sharing this with you uh gunner this has been great and and also the fans too uh that's right. it's it's been uh, you know, it, you know, people encouraging us to do it and everything. Very grateful. Uh, I know that uh, uh, episode 251 uh, will be with uh, uh, an interview that uh, Carolyn Ford and I will be doing. And and she said that, oh, you you guys ought to do like a a, a show on you know the things that you guys like and and uh, you know ideas for STEM ideas for Christmas and and stuff like that. And it's like we could do that. We take requests. Um, yeah. And I, I thought it was a great idea because I know we've we did it one oof, I don't know how many episodes ago of, of our favorite things, and yeah. uh, and and I, I know like of it's almost like a clip show of of uh, the the things that we've enjoyed over the years, but bringing them to the surface of the the things that we would love to share to 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 tell everybody about uh, that we endorse and right. and uh, and bring joy to our lives, uh, but uh, and also to get the word out and share it so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who doesn't start a favorite thing show off with uh, uh, who doesn't with what uh, favorite software as a service they like. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I know I turned you onto this uh, 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 paying up for it is uh, Grammarly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fully converted now. Uh, a happily paying customer of uh, Grammarly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could imagine there would be a, there would come a day when it's like all of a sudden like uh Google uh docs and all that will will get to the point where it'll take over for that. But still for anywhere that there's like you're in a browser and there's like a type in, um, you know, I, I can't believe how many mistakes it catches of mine. Like that it's like I don't know about you, but it's like I I, I tend to skip words and like verbs and nouns and subjects and objects mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it fortunately catches me because otherwise I would look so incoherent without it. Yeah, I think, well, I know exactly what kind of mistakes I make because Grammarly is keeping track and it's a, uh, I tend to drop direct articles for some reason. That's my, oh. that, that's where, that's my weakness. And so Grammarly is good at catching that for me. I'm for it. I'm in for it for, I'm with you, you know, uh, spell checkers, even grammar checkers kind of dime a dozen now. Um, I'm mostly in it for the uh, sentiment analysis and yeah. uh, also the sentiment correction. Um, so being able to 
take something that I wrote and then say, uh, make this five points less passive aggressive. Yeah. Make it angrier. Right. Make it angrier. Right. Make it, uh, make it more vindictive. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. I find that's, that's what I'm in it. Spice. Yeah, exactly. That's right. (laughs) Turn up the spite knob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Um, Nice. No, very, very helpful tool for that. And I really like the, they've done a very good job of making sure that it works wherever there's a text box. Grammarly has figured out a way to kind of insinuate itself into it, right? Through the, yeah. through the you know the mobile app and everything else, um, they've done a very nice job with that. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, one that that you've turned me on to is is Pocket, uh, where mm-hmm. you know, like you, you, I remember you telling me years ago, it's like, oh yeah, I'm saving stuff to Pocket all the time and all that. And like for me, I will. It's it's part of my whole, you know, how I I. Uh, come up with ideas for articles or, or things to talk about on the podcast or, or stuff like that, where it's like, I, cause I'm, I'm a slow reader by nature. And, and so I'll save stuff to pocket, uh, typically out of, uh, Feedly, uh, which is, uh, my RSS reader of choice. And then, mm-hmm. uh, it goes into pocket. And then when I'm on an airplane or driving the car or walking my dog, um, doing text to speech, uh, listening to those articles and, uh, using them for, you know, ideas for things for later, but are you still using it? Uh, I'm not, so I'm not using pocket because I can't remember what the, exactly what the problem was. I ran into some, there was some technical reason why I wasn't using it any longer. And I can't for the life of me remember what that is right now, but, um, this was years ago and I, I kind of stumbled around. Oh, I know what it was. I was struggling like you and like all of us, I've struggled figuring out how to get my save it later and my feed reading situation under control. Right. And for a while I'm, I'd moved off of pocket and I started experimenting with a, uh, another tool whose name escapes me. doesn't matter because it wasn't very good, uh, which kind of like made the save it later and the feed reading the same. It all happened in the same tool. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out I'm not very good at this. And instead now I've fallen back to, uh, I used to run my own cron job as, as we, as we have as all done, we all do, uh, yeah. as we all do. I used to, I had, in fact, I think it's probably still in my GitHub account, uh, where I, it was called RSS to email. And, uh, can you guess yes. what it did? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, then I decided that I was too old to be running my own server and, uh, found a bunch of very nice folks in Germany, I think, who are actually have a much more polished situation than I could have ever written myself, uh, called blog trotter. And so okay. the good people at Blogtrotter keep track of all my RSS feeds and then send them to me as emails, which is wonderful because it no longer requires a separate app. I can just get the emails and I process them just like all my other emails. Uh, and it works great. Um, mm. I've, I've been using some version of this workflow for, oh, geez, probably 10 years. Yeah, probably since we wow. started the show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I love it. I love it. No, I, I'm like, I'm doing less and less email. These days, ever ever since uh, you know coming to Salesforce, Mulesoft, living the Slack lifestyle, it's like I get maybe ten emails a day. You know, it's it's like <laughs> crazy. It's like I, I kid you not, about ten emails a day, and and wow. uh, I have no filters. You know, and it's it's yeah, everything's in Slack, and uh, it's all searchable and everything, and uh, so. But to me, it's like I. I, I'm the opposite where it's like I less, less email is more for me. And, uh, uh, 
and I think it all it's all about finding the tool that works for you and and uh, and all that. So yeah, blog trotter. Yeah, yeah, blog trotter. That's what I'm about. Well, so speaking yeah. of kind of workflows and optimizing workflows and stuff like that, what are your, where are you on uh, productivity tools now? Oh, I, I know you turned me on to remember the milk, and it mm-hmm. still hasn't changed much since you turned me on to it. And I know you, <laughs> you know, which was a long time ago. And uh, but you're you're a fan of Todoist, and and you're you're yep. coming up with contraptions to get Todoist to do stuff for you. And like I, yep. you remember uh, Dwight Chamberlain, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight, yeah, yeah. It's he and I talk. We talk every month, and and he's like. Oh yeah, it's a, I know Gunner. He's he's always doing something with Todoist and and getting a to do list to do this and that and everything. And just uh, he he likes the uh, the the, uh, the beautiful mind setup that you have with Todoist. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I have elaborate Todoist systems, um, and it actually works hand in hand with another tool that I'm using called Drafts, um, yeah. the, which I think we've talked about on the show before. It's uh, one could argue it's a text editor, um, but it's it is a text editor with the explicit purpose of giving you a place up to put your text and then doing something else with it. Yes. So that could be go write. I want to write down a quick markdown thing and then print it, or I want to do a quick thing and then send it to Todoist, or I want to do a quick draft a quick email and then send it to my email thing. Um, it sounds like an unnecessary first. It uh, sounds like an unnecessary step, but uh, a well-instrumented drafts uh, situation has proved. This is where I go to take notes in meetings. Um, yeah. I've got it set up so that as I'm in a meeting, I can be keeping my meeting notes. And when there's a task item that comes up that I want to see later in Todoist, I just make a little to-do markdown, to-do, you know, two square brackets to indicate, you know, here's an unchecked box. Okay, that's uh-huh. now a to-do item. If I do an at sign in the beginning of the line and then a date and then a, something else, then it turns into a calendar item later. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the meeting, I hit meeting and it processes all of it, stores my meeting notes in day one, which is my kind of archive, and then mm-hmm. takes all the to-do items, puts them in Todoist, takes all the calendar items, puts them in the calendar. It's glorious. Yes. Yes. And I found and- it extremely difficult to, to uh, I was like, well, there must be better ways of doing this. Of course, he thinks every Sunday. And he tinkers around mm-hmm. with several tools, uh, but I can't seem to shake this workflow. It is so sticky. Uh, I find it yeah. so useful. I've been doing this for quite some time now. Yeah, yeah. strongly recommend. They need to get you at the uh, Todoist uh, user conference and do do a keynote or a workshop or something. Oh, this is if this whole open source software thing falls through, you, I, you can be absolutely certain I'm going to be at uh, I'm going to be submitting my resume to Todoist. The good people over yeah. there. I got nothing but good yeah. things to say about those guys. And yep. isn't Day one, did they didn't they get bought by uh, automatic? You know the WordPress. Yeah, they got bought by automatic, and you'd never know it because they've never integrated the two things. Drives me insane. Uh, I I am actually an automatic customer. I'm hosted on uh, hosted the 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 blog on uh, WordPress.com, mostly just to have a place to put it. And uh, you would think that they would, of course, that you have this journaling app called Day One, which is very nice. And you would expect that I should be able to do things like, I don't know, post to my blog from this journaling app. Not so. Yes. Not so. Yeah. Yes. Not allowed to do this. Uh, and they bought them quite some time ago. So I don't know what their plan is. Uh, I don't know why yeah. they, in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, why would they have bought them if they weren't planning on doing something like that? 
in any case, I got a lot of opinions about this day one acquisition, but uh, the reason why I like day one is because it is a relatively simple way of, you know, you get your text in your, uh, keep track of, you know, oh, what is the temperature that day? What kind of location are you posting from, uh, et cetera? It's almost like a personal blog, if you like, like a, like a private, just for yourself kind of a blog. But then when you're done at the end of the year, you can go print up a book, which is kind of well laid out and bound in hardcover, et cetera, et cetera. And wow. uh, so that's what I do each, each, uh, each year. I actually publish a, uh, all of my, I keep kind of journal entries for things that Soren and I did together. And at the end uh-huh. of the year, I publish them as a hardback book that I give to him for uh, Christmas. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice. And that's, you know, no. that's, that's incredibly hard to do, by the way. Uh, yes. we give with your, your regular Apple notes app or your, or your, what have you. It's a uh, very difficult to get something rendered as a book more difficult than you'd want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably a lot more formatting and all that and, and layout, but, yeah. uh, and, and you're right. It's like, I would think day one, like code base wise, you would think day one and WordPress would be, could be very similar from a code standpoint in terms of like, it's, Day one is basically it's a, a diary, which is basically a, a blog for one person. Yeah, it, and, exactly right. Yeah. And it's not like we just cracked the technology, right? Like there's like, no. <laughs> I mean, we got HTML, we got we got all kinds of ways of solving this problem, JSON, what have you. Um, I, I can't for the life of me figure out why it is so difficult to integrate the two things. It seems real weird to me. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I'm sure there's a reason. Um, and and I'm sure you know the other thing is that from an intent standpoint, WordPress is designed from the ground up for everybody to see it, whereas mm-hmm. I'm sure day one is designed from the ground up so one person can see it exactly one person, right? Yes, correct. That's right. Like you don't That's want right. people to like leak, you know, like it could be catastrophic. Somebody putting something very personal in there that you yeah. get leaked out, and and they don't want to do that, especially knowing how like. Uh, you know, it's like that, that, that would not be good. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Although I have, yes, yes. Having said all that, I still don't know why they're not integrated. It doesn't make any sense to me. True. Um, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, drafts to doist in day one, that's my holy trinity right now. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then as far as your, your passwords go, uh, you've been a one password person for longest time, right? Yeah, for quite some time. And I, uh, yeah, as the t-shirt says, uh, command backslash is my password. Uh, They they recently went through a refactoring, uh, which I really don't care for. um, But I find everything else about the service uh, so easy to use and kind of so compelling that I don't see any reason why I, why not, why I shouldn't be using it. So um, yeah, I've been a, I've been a happy customer of 1Password for some time. Yeah, and and like me, uh, especially with um, like I left LastPass a while ago, uh, mm-hmm. and it's for good, you know. And it's uh, I'm glad I did because it, it seems to be getting worse and worse. But uh, I, I found Bitwarden to be a, a drop-in replacement for me, and migrated over and haven't looked back, and really enjoy it. Um, and and it's open source, you know, all that, uh, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they and they seem to be from a, a uh, you know open source philosophy standpoint and everything uh, in in line uh, and and all that. So enjoying working with uh, that technology. So yeah, nice. 
That's great. Do you have to host your own stuff with the Bitwarden? Nope. Do you have a no? Nope. Okay. You just keep you find uh, it. I'm sure drive. I could. Okay. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It's oh, it's it, uh, it phones home to like a Bitwarden server and it stores a blob on the Bitwarden server. Is it very much like uh, LastPass? Yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, right. and I'm sure I could you know run my own Bitwarden server somewhere or you know, uh, but. It, it seems to be fine. Uh, haven't paid up yet for the, the enterprise or premium version and all that. Uh, haven't found a reason to pay up for it, uh, but I would happily if it's uh, if when the need arises. So I, I get a lot of value out of it. Nice. All right. Yeah. But uh, and then like, what about uh, browser extensions? Do you do you have any like? Uh, it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta. Uh, it's like if if they took it away from you, it, your world would be like disrupted. No, you know it's funny. Uh, I, I was trying to get ready for this episode, and I went back through my, and I have gone on. I went from it. There was a time when I had uh, like an all singing, all dancing parade of browser extensions. And uh, over the years, I've been systematically eliminating them. And I think uh, the only one left that isn't like, there's ones for Todoist and there's ones for day one, right? So that stuff's, that yep. stuff's easy. Uh, one password. Yeah. One password, exactly. Uh, but uh, I think the only one that's like not tied to another part of my workflow is uh, is uh, uBlock Origin, I think. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And that's... Um... So I know, like, started with uh, it was AdBlock Plus was like the granddaddy of all the ad blockers and things like that, and then um, it got uh, for whatever reason. It's I guess uh, uBlock Origin emerged as the like the de facto like open source ad blocking tool that's out there, um, and who knows? It's like I've I've seen things with uh, you know the. Pro- Proposed demise of third-party cookies and all that going away that that could possibly break uh, ad blockers like uBlock Origin, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think there are always going to be websites or web servers that I don't want my browser talking to, and so for that reason, yep. I think uBlock Origin is always going to have some utility for me, right? Yep, yep, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and... and uh, and you're right. I, you know, there are the like the software as a service things that we mentioned before. That it's like we have the plugins for like Grammarly and Pocket and whatnot. And uh, mm. but I've I still found that uh, Video Speed Controller is uh, something that I, I go back to uh, or I use daily, uh, multiple times a day. For um, you know, there's always that video that you would love to watch it at two x or faster. And uh, so it's just a a, a nice a way to be able to do that without having to rely on the uh, having that being built into the, the web page to guarantee that it, it can let you play it faster than, uh, you know, one X. So I find that to be really cool. I think it was like a, yeah. it's like a Google guy that used to work at Netflix or something like that, that, that wrote it. Uh, but it's very lightweight. Um, highly endorse it. That's great. That's real great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, electronics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the router I have, you know, it's like ah, oh, it's a router. Who cares? Um, I found that um, there's a company. It's called GLINet, uh, and I, I think we talked about it before. But I, I have mm-hmm. uh, a router from them, and it's based on uh, OpenWRT. So it's like 
for the most part, like an open source router, and it tracked very closely to the open source model uh, or the the open WRT. Like it'll it'll trick it out a little bit for things that it's uh, um, it has to, but only because it has to. Like it, as much as possible, it'll stick to the the stock open source open WRT. So I think that uh, it performs great, and uh, I think it'll have a a long lifetime because I think they spend more on, you know, the router development and, and leveraging the open source router, you know, open WRT out there instead of having to, you know, force people to upgrade. So uh, very pleased with, uh, with uh, the GLI net router that I got uh, inexpensive and very, very fast performing. Nice. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't yet gotten this, gotten the, uh, Listen, I got enough problems without trying to like self-manage my router, um, and so yeah. I've deliberately avoided doing because I know as soon as I start doing it, I'm going to get sucked up, you know, and start uh, start tuning and tweaking and stuff like this. It feels uh, I got to be careful with what I let myself fiddle with. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. This is this is the kind of thing that you know, like with OpenWRT, it's like they they leave. You know, they, you know, basically it's like you could have like the, the stock version that they give you for like everybody to use, or you could flip a switch and turn on like, no, I want to see all the the knobs that OpenWRT provides. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, you want to do like a, create your own like enterprise grade VPN and you know, <laughs> plug in NAS storage to it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I can do it, um, uh, but I don't, you know, and it's, it's okay. You know, and, and so, uh. But uh, it, it's there whenever I get the itch that I want to. But uh, I have I have no desire to start my own VPN and yeah. and all that. Yeah, but, before yeah, but I mean, you start. It starts off with I want to improve the performance on my router, and it ends with now suddenly I'm rotating certificates every two weeks. That's what I'm afraid. Oh of, yeah, right? yeah. Oh yeah. Or or it's like man, it's like if I go to the like the Akron Linux user group, um, you know, talking to the guys there about antennas and, and it's all these ham guys, you know, and it's, it's like, that's, that's a couple hours right there. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, I'm, I'm happy with stock and it, it runs really fast and I'm, I'm real pleased with it, but yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, the other thing too, is that Chromebooks, I've been, I've been delightfully surprised with how, uh, much mileage I've got out of Chromebooks, uh, you know, whether it's just for my own use or for like the family using it or, you know, giving one to my mom. Uh, it's the kind of thing that it's like, uh, you know, I've, I've factory reset them in hotel rooms when that was the only device I had with me. And, you know, it's, it's like amazing how well they work and how it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's a kind of thing like I don't want to give it to a relative whenever, you know, I'm not going to be near them, like I'm traveling or they're far away and all that. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a kind of thing that I, I would give it to them so that it's like, I know that it's going to be really hard to, to like mess up uh, right. compared to like, you know, you would think in the past people would be like, oh, I'm going to buy my parents a Mac because uh, that's easy. And it's that, you know, still a Mac can give you enough uh enough uh uh enough flexibility for you to really screw it up uh whereas with uh a chromebook it's like you screw it up you can nuke it from orbit and start all over again it's it's pretty awesome yeah yeah 
that's great. Do they still, you know, Chromebooks kind of famously are like, yeah, they got a reputation as being like a little flimsy, right? Yeah. Um, is yeah. a are there's are there is there like a high end, you know, yes. like all titanium kind of a Chromebook available? Yeah. So that's where like Google was. They were making their own and all that, but um, like I. Like I got one that is like a, a core i5 and, you know, it's, it's like zippy, you know? And mm. um, yeah, the, the, they were sort of plasticky and all that, but I think it was a Chromebook plus is the thing that they call it now, which is sort of like the um, like, you know, like the original Chromebooks were very plasticky, the kind that you take to school, the, the kids mm. would take to school. And if it gets ruined, that's fine. You just pull another one out of a drawer and all that. Yeah, but right. um I, I think it's to the point now that you could, in theory, probably use it for enterprise use and have it be enterprise managed. Oh, okay. And yeah, and and um, you know, to me, it, and again, it's like you look at it's like, oh, do I want to get a start in my company? And uh, you know, do I want everybody to have Macs or everybody to have Windows? And there's so much on there from an attack surface that could go wrong. So you got to put all this bolt-on software to to manage it and push updates and things like that. Whereas with, uh, you know, the leaner that you could make it, uh, like with, with Chrome OS, it's mm -hmm. like, I, I would argue that it is more, a Chromebook is more Mac like than a Mac in terms of like the fit and finish in terms of the envisioning of how, how simplistic an operating system should be. It's, it's really, really a delightful experience. Nice. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. How about you, electronics? Uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind is uh, there's a company out there. Their name is Thermalworks, and yeah. they make. And I'm pretty sure I've, I'm pretty sure I gushed about this uh, on the show. I didn't go back and look. If I didn't, I should have. I'll put it that way. Uh, Thermalworks makes uh, thermometers, and okay. uh, and this. I started my thermometer adventure because uh, I had a lot of air conditioning challenges, which in Texas are potentially life threatening, and so. Yeah. Uh, I went and bought myself a remote uh, temp infrared, you know, laser temperature situation. And it's yeah. like a yellow gun. And I just point the yellow gun at my air ducts. And that tells me how cold the air is coming out. Right. So yep. from a considerable distance, I can now take the temperature of anything, which is kind of fun to do, especially if you've got a nine-year-old, they can run around yep. and take everything's temperature. Um, yep. They also make this thing called these, they call them thermopens, uh, which are uh, these like fit in your pocket, and uh and you can but you can open it up like a jackknife and mm -hmm. uh probe so you can test the temperature of your food and they even have a version that on the kind of the butt end of this thing you press a button and it's got that same kind of remote temperature thing that's meant to work over a short distance and so oh. slip one of these in your apron pocket and now suddenly you've got to oh how hot is this pan clickety click and you know right away is this chicken done yes the chicken's done um I use it almost all the time when I cook and I don't know what I did without it. I suppose there's some people who can just like intuit the correct temperature of food. I'm not one of those people. Um, yep. So it's nice to have it all in one place and um, like very, obviously very simple to use uh, and uh, very accurate. So yeah, the Thermalworks Thermapens, huge, uh, big endorsement. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I know a lot of times too, it's like, getting away from the computers is helpful, right? Get away from the keyboard, like getting, mm -hmm. getting to the point where it's like, 
it's dangerous for you to be on your computer, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, to, to force yourself away from all the technology that's out there and all that. And, yeah. and I know you mentioned that, uh, a couple episodes, many episodes ago, that, that you got uh, an e-bike, uh, yeah. or, uh, you know, that uh, uh, sporting around with that. How's, how's that going? You still using it? Yeah, it's still a total delight. I surprised myself. I thought that this was going to be one of these, like, you know, kind of these COVID purchases where you, like, buy the thing with the best of intentions and it just sits in the garage for a while. Yeah. But, uh, but I think, so what's special about this particular e-bike is not that it is an e-bike so much as it's got a saddle on the back that Soren can ride on. And yeah. so now, as you know, Dave, we go geocaching often. And uh, and so we've been able to uh, go on and go geocaching around in the neighborhood. And he just hops on the back of the bike and we scoot around. And it's easy to kind of get on and off, less cumbersome than a car, certainly. Um, get the wind in your hair, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, it is, it's a total treat. It sits, uh, it's this very... This, uh, the, sorry, this uh, rad rad bikes, uh, rad runner two is the one I've got. They have lots of different flavors of this thing, but it's basically an, either an extremely heavy bike or an extremely light moped is the way to think about yes. it. Um, yes. And you can get a saddle on the back and you can get a great big basket in the front for all your groceries and whatnot. So I've started running all my errands on the e-bike and uh, man, what a treat. It's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes, makes me feel good about myself when I use it. Yeah. Do, do you feel like you got any exercise? Uh, that's up to me. So sometimes, yeah. you know, I don't feel like getting any exercise and in which case I rely heavily on the battery and the motor there. Um, mm-hmm. But other times you can kind of goose it down the, the amount of assistance that you get and, uh, and you can force yourself to, uh, you know, work for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. So it's like, if it's a hundred degrees out, you don't want to be like totally sweaty. Uh, yeah. Let the bike do the work. Yeah, that's right. And it's up to you. It's up to yeah. you. You get to choose. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. For me, uh, my bike doesn't have any pedals. Uh, and, and it's, uh, uh, boy, it's, and I was doing the math on it. It's the, so the one I have is motorcycle. It's, uh, a Yamaha FZ09. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was manufactured in September of 2014. So it's almost, it's pushing 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was riding it. Uh, like not last weekend, but the weekend before. And it's like, I'll tell you what, it just feels like it's brand new and I'm zipping around through the Hills. And it's like, this is a fast motorcycle. It's, it's, and, and that, that the feeling of like being one with the machine, I'm, I'm telling my wife this and she's like, uh-huh. And, and so, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's, it's like, you're like, like cutting these curves and moving and, it's it's not about like speeding or anything like that, but just like being in that state of flow mm-hmm. where you gotta pay attention to what's in front of you. And and you know, and it's it's like you reach this point of you're just cutting through these curves and, and you're just you're just moving and it's just such a uh like a uh just a, a great uh stress reliever for me to like just like get the cobwebs out of my head. Uh yeah. just such a treat. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And, and, but, and I know you talked about this. You're, you're a, you're uh, a Tom Bin fan. Born again. Yes. Yeah. On the list of product endorsements to do list is at the top and Tom Bin is right underneath it. Um, yeah. Tom Bin is an outfit out of Seattle that makes these uh, inc- very well built uh, bags. So backpacks, 
slingbacks, uh, 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 luggage, um, and uh, they uh, their their design team definitely knows what they are doing. Um, they are uh, very attentive to detail. They understand what it means to live on the road. I think, um, and I've enjoyed their products for over a decade now. I think. Um, and I wouldn't travel with anything less. I just did, I've been doing a series of kind of one week trips or, you know, two or three day trips. And I have, thanks to the Tom Bin folks and some judicious packing, I've been able to get away with doing all these trips with one bag yeah. and it's great. It is a total treat. Just throw so the what, thing up. Hmm? Yeah. So it, it's a container, um, it you know, it holds stuff. Uh, yeah. So what are, what are the things? Is it durability? Is it the pockets? Is it the zippers? Is it the ergonomics? All yeah, yeah. All, all of these things. It's a, uh, it, it is ideal in many, in many dimensions. So for example, I have this uh, TriStar bag, which yeah. is, uh, which collapses elegantly um, so that I can carry it around like a, like a, maybe a good size briefcase if I needed to. Um, but it also fits um, maybe two or three days worth of clothes plus gym clothes. Uh, it uh, you can carry it as a duffel. You can carry it as a backpack. Um, you can just carry it, um, you know, kind of on the side. Um, you have uh, you have all kinds of all manner of uh, pockets and rings, and uh, they have one thing that I've started doing is they have a very clever tool called a, what they call a Freudian slip. And okay. uh, what the Freudian slip does is. Uh, it's a, you can imagine it's like a folder or like a, let's say it's like a eight by 11 uh, thing with a bunch of pockets on it. Yeah, and yeah. in it, you can fit your tablet, maybe your laptop, maybe your phone, maybe a battery, some tissues, pens, uh, wallet, passport, what have you. And it's all in one thing that just easily pulls out of your bag. So what I've yeah. started doing is instead of carrying around a second carry-on, I'll just keep this Freudian slip in the bag. And then when I get on the plane, I pull the Freudian slip out, put the bag in the overhead. And now I've just got this, uh, not something bigger than a three ring binder that I can ah. slip under my seat or hang on. If you're lucky enough to be on a plane with a, uh, kind of a coat hanger on the backs on the, on the seat back, yes. you yeah. can just hang it on the, you can just hang it on the coat hanger. And oh. now you've got all your stuff in front of you. Oh, nice. You yeah. put your shaver in there and yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, like I say, the Tom Ben folks, extremely thoughtful, extremely well-built every bag I've bought from them. I still have and use on a regular basis. Um, yeah. and many of them are, yeah, like I say, maybe 10, even 15 years old. Um, yeah. so yeah, great stuff. Strongly yeah. recommended. Yeah. So in this, and and so that that sounds like a, a great gift idea. Um, but one of the the whole genesis of this was you know Carolyn Ford uh, saying, "Hey, yeah, you guys got to talk about STEM gifts and things like that that are that are going on." And you know, one of the you know the granddaddy of them all that you know we've talked about for over a decade was the like the Raspberry Pi, and there's a Raspberry Pi five coming out, uh, which is exciting, you know, hearing about the specs, it's, you know, it sounds like it's getting closer and closer to becoming like, uh, like almost like a daily driver from a, uh, like you could put Linux on it and actually like, uh, 
uh, you know, use it as a desktop computer. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about that. That, that should be coming now and the performance supposedly like fantastic in terms of CPU speed going up and the, really? uh, networking is, is like super fast and everything. But, uh, but, and then, um, yeah, the other thing too is that, you know, it's scratch is, is, you know, another granddaddy of them all that, you know, that's the thing, one of the things that Lauren got into, uh, you know, stem with and technology with, you know, her and I just doing that over a Christmas break. And I, I went and I looked back at her uh, guinea pig game that she made like yeah. 10 years ago. There's still people commenting on it saying, Oh, this is and, <laughs> you know, seriously, like go and look at it and look at the comments. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I love the guinea pig. I have a guinea pig. And it's like, I, you know, sorry to hear about your guinea pig dying and, uh, and all that. And it's in, all of the comments that have been on there have been so uh, encouraging. And, and, you know, if, if you think about like all the social media toxicity and trolling and people making mean comments and stuff like that, it's like, seems to be like such a safe space for, you know, kids to, to do stuff and express themselves creatively, but also have that community of encouragement. So uh highly recommend you know sitting down with kids and trying that out and you know play lauren's game put a comment in there for uh i'm sure she still looks at it and and uh, is tickled by it oh that's fantastic that's great yeah. that's great yeah oh cool and and you still have a young one and and so what 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 are the stem things that uh you're getting sworn into so uh so there's a there's a there's an outfit called Upper Story that created this uh you can call it a game, but it's kind of a kit kind of an activity. It's called a Turing Tumble. Turing after oh. Alan Turing, of course. Yeah. And uh if you can imagine it's like uh uh the basics of it is it's like a ta- it's a it's a table that you stand on end and then you stick marbles in the top and then it runs through a series of clacking gates as it falls yeah. down the table, uh, down into a collection point at the bottom. And each of these kind of clacking gates is, uh, is a component to uh, uh, basically teach logic to kids. And, it's, and when you go through the whole, they give you a very approachable comic book that kind of walks you through all the different uh, kind of challenges that you can come So, okay, uh, take three and set them on one side, take three and set them on the other side. Um, weave the colors together, um, and now we're counting in binary, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time you complete the whole kind of comic book, you now understand kind of the basics of how a computer gets put together because, of course, the marbles are uh, marbles are the electric current, right? And you go yes. through these logic gates, ands and ors and whatnot. Um, super fun, uh, really enjoyable for uh, young and old alike. Um uh, it really, it's a nice way of making these frankly, really abstract concepts of computer science, quite concrete, uh, yes. uh, for kids. And it's really fun. The same folks have created a n- relatively new game that was, a uh, came out during the pandemic. I just got it in a box and it's earmarked for Christmas this year. So I have not played with it yet, but it's called Spintronics and it is on the same, kind of wavelength but here we're talking about integrated or talking about circuits and so you in a kind of a steampunk mean uh it has like springs and whiz gigs and dials like a you know like some kind of crazy victorian uh steam engine kind of a situation but it teaches but uh it teaches you how, uh, how circuits work yeah um 
which is really cool. So for example, you know, you have a capacitor. Well, in this case, it's a spring, right? And so you wind it up and it stores the energy. And, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to opening up that box. Uh, just very, a very thoughtful uh, thinking toy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that sounds cool. Cause it's like, especially when it comes to electronics, it could be so abstract in terms of what's this really doing and what, what's it capacitor? How's that different from a battery and, mm-hmm. and, and all that. Um, it's, that's really cool. Uh, that's, that's really cool. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, for you to sit down with, with Soren and go through it and all that. So that's right. And I can't emphasize how satisfying it is to hear the clacking of a, of a machine that you've just built. Yeah. Is it, is it battery powered or is it like you, like a, a rip cord that you pull to kick it off or how does gravity it, how powered? Does it power? It's gravity. all gravity. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Exciting. I'm excited. About that. Thanks. Wow. That's a lot. That's a so lot. There you go, Carol. Hope, hope you like it. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was fun to yeah. do a little retrospective, like the things that have uh, stayed with us over the course of all these episodes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And then, and if people want to get uh, uh, the links to like all these, these fine things to, you know, uh, uh, you know, build, build their own Holy Trinity of to do with drafts and, and day one, uh, where, where should we send them? They should go to a DG show.org. Uh, that's D is in Dave, G is in Gunner show.org. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Gunner. Well, Hey, this is great. Uh, here, here's the two fifty and to uh, two fifty more here, here. Thanks, Dave. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. This, uh, it, it wouldn't be possible without you all. 